We get a picture of a, a smorgasbord that you go to, not one of the cheap and nasty ones that you regret going to. You know the difference, right? I'm talking about one of the ones where the finest, the best, the top shelf, the best quality. And I'm not talking one or two little things, and I'm talking a smorgasbord, a plethora of food that if you stayed there for days grazing, you would be a happy person. And then I saw in this picture, Greg, someone sitting there with a plate and a few lettuce leaves on it. And I thought, why? It wasn't for health reasons. It wasn't for... It was... To be honest, I I have no idea why. But I just felt we can come to the gathering of the people of God to a place where two or three gather together. God says, I command a blessing. Come on. I command a blessing. Something has to take place if my people will gather together. Psalm 133, how good and how pleasant it is when people dwell together in unity. Dwell together. We heard from Sam yesterday about being presently present. And this dwell together is the same Hebrew word for dwell and unity. It actually means in the original altogether, altogether. Being in one place. But you can be in the same place as someone and not be in the same place as someone. You can live in the same house with someone and not even stand the other person. And God, I believe, just wants to get our attention this moment that Greg so beautifully facilitated. Don't, don't come because that's what I do on a Sunday morning sometimes. Don't sit at a banqueting table and eat a few lettuce leaves. I don't want to make a formula out of something. I don't want to give a false hope of everything will be fine if you just come and receive. But I want to just declare there is so much more that God has for those that hunger and thirst that do not come to fulfill their religious duty, but come to meet with God and to meet with people, to give to people and to receive from people. The body fitly joined together, supplying everything the body needs. Your health and your life and your strength. I'm talking on the inside, not on the outside. May you prosper as your soul prospers, not as your body prospers but as your soul prospers there is a connection between your connection and your health and you can come regularly and not be connected there is something just right some things are right not because I understand it but because God ordained it 
We've got to get past this thing, oh, but it doesn't make sense to me, therefore I won't enter in. No, no, I don't understand a lot, and that doesn't keep me away. It makes me want to lean in. There's a lot, there's a lot when I got married about my wife that I, I didn't understand, and no, it didn't make me want to walk away. It might, made me want to lean in. There is more. I'm not giving you some Christian cliche preacher just statements that uh, that's what they say. No. No, this is the lie. Again, the enemy comes. I've heard it before. It doesn't work. I'm speaking the truth. There is a war on for truth because freedom is attached to truth. It's not attached to understanding. It's not attached to logic. It's not attached to my feelings. It's not attached to my reality. You can be prospering in your soul and struggling majorly in your body. You can be fine in your body and still be struggling in your soul. You can gain the whole world and yet you lose your soul. There is something connected to this this inner reality that has to be centered in God. And the promises of God, you quoted again, 2 Corinthians 1.20. And I went back to Rochelle during the worship and said, I want to start with 2 Corinthians 1.20. So maybe the... God that's speaking to Greg is the same God who's speaking to me, which shouldn't surprise us because there is only one. There is only one. I I got something burning in my spirit, you can probably tell. I'm not really sure how it's going to come out. No surprise. But I just need to birth something in the spirit don't think mm, God help me sometimes when you don't see the fulfillment of a promise in a certain area we think God is not faithful and we step back in disappointment yet when we don't see it manifest in the area that we're asking for, sometimes there is a deeper promise that God wants to fulfill in that situation that we miss because we're focused on the promise has to be packaged a certain way. I I, I hope you hear what I'm about to say. If you're crying out for healing and you don't get healing, yet you still, as Paul said, from prison, when he said, I have learned the secret of being content, Philippians 4, whatever the circumstance, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I have plenty or I have a need, whether I'm healthy or I'm unhealthy, you can add it in there. What, I have learned that, that the resolving of a situation in my life is not the greatest thing, that I can still be content in who God is because He's in me and I can have this settled peace, this calm on the inside. Even though I walk through that valley of the shadow of death, I can have this contentment because God is with me. And if you have a settled peace, I'm not talking about a lackadaisical, I'm not talking about um, just giving up, I'm talking about I'm still leaning in. But man, the, the, the presence of God, the peace of God 
in me right now is greater than the reality of not having the answered prayer in that situation. I want to declare over your life you are richer than if you had the answer to your prayer and your body was healed and you didn't have the peace. You didn't have the contentment. Maybe there is a greater promise to be fulfilled when we don't have the answer in the situation that we want and we are fixated on the one promise being fulfilled but there are greater promises to be fulfilled God's taking me to the the story when you know the Jesus and disciples get in the boat and start to head across and the storm rises up for the disciples the greatest thing they wanted was the storm to cease For Jesus, the greatest thing is, no, I can sleep and be at peace while the storm still rages. Maybe your storm ceasing is not your greatest need. Maybe sleep and peace and rest in a settled calm, a contentment during it is actually your greatest need. Second Corinthians. You doing all right this day? Cool. Second Corinthians 1, 20, 21, 22. Are you doing okay? I, I haven't even said hello. Hi. Um, Second Corinthians 1, 20. I'm part of the family. So if you don't know who I am, um, I'm brother from another mother. Um, Second Corinthians 1, verse 24. No matter how many promises God has made. Can I remind you that the promises of God are countless? They're not a few. Is that true, Sam? The promises God has made for you, for me, are countless. Don't think that the promises you know about, that you're asking for, are the only promises that God has. I mean, you see it in the very heart of God, the character, the nature of God, way back in the beginning, Genesis 2, 16, when he placed man in the garden. It says, you are free to eat of any tree that I have made. I can tell you right now, there wasn't two or three. There wasn't a couple of lettuce leaves. Come on. You're free to eat of all this. This is all my promises. Come on. You go, I don't know any promises of God. It starts in Genesis 1.1 and finishes at Revelation 22. Come on. If, if you, and if, yeah. In the beginning, God, the last word of the Bible is amen. Let it be. In between are your promises. There you go. Read your Bible. But it says, no matter how, you're free to eat of all these. There's so many. And in here it says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. What does that mean? They are yes in Christ. Yes, they already exist in Christ. You are not healed when you're healed. You're healed in Christ already. There's the eternal, there's the natural. There's the realm of His reality, the realm of our reality. We, we, start to thank and praise God when we see His reality 
evident in our reality. What would happen if we start to thank and praise God that in His reality, by His stripes, I am healed. I remember the day I read that and I, I know about people that I prayed for and they've passed away and they haven't got healed. And I felt God say, where does it say this side of the grave? Right now, I can tell you, I felt God show me a picture of them in heaven and they're dancing and they're singing and they're free. And He goes, see, they're healed. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes, they are done. They are, it is finished in Christ. I'm speaking to you right now. They are yes in Christ. They're done. And so through Him, aren't you glad that everything in our life is through Him? It doesn't say, and by your best efforts. By your hard striving. By your laboring and your toil and the sweating of your brow to try and do something and be something. No, and so through Him, the Amen, let it be is now spoken by us to the glory of God. There is so much in this and I, I, I want to unpack something. But let me keep on reading. Now, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. That's good news. Can't say God Himself is the one that empowers us to even stand firm in Him. <laughs> he anointed us, He set His seal of ownership on us, and He put His Spirit in our lives as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. That is so rich. That is so rich. And I want to speak this morning on something that God birthed in my heart. I was talking to Sam before. I was just sharing a little bit about what I'm about to share because a couple months ago I was just reading through the Bible and just having my own time, not not thinking. I wasn't preparing or anything there. I was just enjoying Father, enjoying the Word. And we're going to go there soon. It's John 15. And you guys know it. You guys preach to the cows come home. It's wonderful. But when I went through it, I saw something that hadn't grabbed my attention before. And this is probably a couple months ago. And as I read it, God said, this is for the rock in when you're next there on a Sunday morning. So specific. So I'm going to bring it to you today. But I just feel in my spirit, I just want to pause and pray. And then I'm going to let Steph come and grab a seat in the, after I prayed. And I'm just going to download and we're going to teach the word for a little bit. But I just want this one thing to be grabbed by your spirit. So will you pray with me? Father, I thank you right now for your goodness. And our starting point this morning is thank you for the promises that you have made. The many promises. And God, I pray by your Holy Spirit that you would reveal this, this simple yet life-giving truth that you showed me as I was just meditating upon your word. And you said it was for the rock. So, Lord, there are people here that so need to hear this. 
And I pray that those that have ears to hear will hear what the Spirit wants to say to them, the church. Lord, I just feel in my spirit right now that freedom is your desire. It always is. You are free to eat from every tree. Freedom starts. Freedom is what releases. The promises of God are connected to freedom. And yet you say, but don't touch this one because if you do, there's one tree. If you do, you won't have that freedom. You'll. So there's a condition. You can have the promises. You can have the freedom. You can... You can receive or enjoy all that I've got, says Father. But there are some conditions that you need. You, you actually need to do to actually have the fulfillment of the promise. Would we see your heart in this? Not a controlling, legalistic God, but a God of freedom, of life, of abundance, of goodness, of kindness. So, Father, we thank you and we ask you to help me to download what's on your heart. May I not get in the way. And may we receive. I just want you to sit just for a moment in God's presence. Just posture your heart. Ask Father to speak to you in this moment. God. Praise God. Good morning, church. I want to talk about the power of if. I-F, in case you didn't get my Aussie accent. Sorry, if. The power of if. The power of if. Just open your mouth a little bit wider and it'll sound like me, all right? Close your mouth, you'll sound like you. Um, God will... Interpret anything that gets lost in translation. But the power of if, and I want to talk, as is up on the screen, the promises of God and the conditions that release God's promises into our reality. The promises of God and the conditions that release God's promises into our reality. I just want you to read that. I want you to get that. The promises of God and the conditions that release God's promises into our reality. Even what we just read in the Second Corinthians one twenty passage, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, they exist in Christ, but they will not come into our reality until the amen is spoken by us. There's a condition you want to step into it, then you need to participate. You don't create it, you just release it from His reality into our reality. And it says, the amen is spoken by us. And I felt God say in just some worship, he was speaking this to me. The amen is not just a, a, a word, although it is, because life and death is in the power of our tongue. Amen? Amen? 
it is in the tower. When we come into agreement, something is released. But I felt God say, the, the, the amen that is spoken by us in the context of what Father wants to download to us today is much more than a word amen because we can, you can worship God with your, with your mouth, but your hearts can be far away, the Bible says. This amen is a life that says amen, not just lips that say amen. And as I, I'm going to lean into this, but I, I just want to start by making a couple of statements and then we're just going to let the words speak. Uh, I felt God say that some things are what they are. They are, they exist, they are simply because it's God's design. Let me explain what I'm saying and, and take you on a little bit of a journey. An African elephant is an African elephant because God designed it and, and that's what it is. Now, you can look at it all you want and say it's not an African elephant. You're wrong. And the only reason it is an African elephant is because God made it an African elephant. Are you with me? An oak tree is an oak tree because God created an oak tree. You might call it a fig tree. You might call it an orange tree. You're wrong. It's an oak tree, and it's an oak tree. You might go, but I don't like that. It doesn't matter if we like it. It doesn't matter if you name it something different. It doesn't change what it is because you and I say it should be something different. It is what it is because God said that's the way it is. Winter is winter. Hmm. Because God created winter. You might want it to be summer. But it's winter because God created the seasons. And the promises of God and the conditions on us that release God's promises into our reality is a reality just because this is God's design. We don't like it. We want to grab the promises and do what we want and get the promises. And I want to tell you, I, I hear you. I want to sit on the couch and just watch TV and build my spiritual muscles. But it doesn't always work. I can wish it and want it till the cows come home. Must be a cow theme this morning. This in, I should be saying sheep. But it's... Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm one of you. Sort of. Went to the dark side, but I'm on you. I come back here every now and then just to get my cleanse to fill with the light to my Aussie friends. We may want the promises, but there are conditions that release the promises. And here's the reality. We don't like it when it comes to God and these conditions. Yet in every other sphere of life, we accept it. You're at school. I want to get good grades. Great. Then do your homework and study and do the assignments. And don't keep on bad-mouthing the teacher and going off at the other student. You, you, wanna, you, want, you want the good grades? You, you, you want this? Then here's some conditions. It's not about forcing you into something and making you good. It, it's just that's the way life is. I want a great job, I want a great salary, and, and I want I just I just want my role to be perfect. But I don't want to rock up on time. I wanna I wanna leave whenever I wanna leave. 
I want to do whatever I want to do. How dare you tell me what to do, you who employed me, you who pays my salary. How dare you? We don't think like that because someone would slap you on the side of the head and say, what are you, stupid? True or not true? You don't have someone that says, I want to be an all black. There was an opportunity, Danny, to show love. <laughs> to encourage, to build up. Were you not listening yesterday? Okay, I forgive you. I'm mature. Okay, Greg might want to be an all black. At half a century old. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Greg. Happy birthday to you. Hip hip. Hip hip. Hip hip. Hip hip. Okay, I was going to do it 50 times, but I thought my time is short and God is coming again soon. <clears throat> Probably before you're 100, but we're not sure. Some of you think I've lost the plot. We started really well, but maybe God needs a bit of humor in, with what he wants to get us with. But you can want to be an all-black or an elite athlete of any sort, but it takes a heck of a lot of hard work and discipline and there are conditions. I want, I want, to, be, I want to play for the all-blacks, but I don't want to trend training on Tuesday or Thursdays because, you know, Better Homes and Gardens is on or <laughs> The Bachelor or something that I need to go and watch and somehow build my spiritual muscle so I can. We accept it. What I'm trying to say to you is we accept the promises. We accept the fulfillment of things in every part of life and we know there's conditions and that's okay because that's the way it is. But with God, I want your promises, but I want to do what I want to do. It doesn't work, my friends. I want to help you step into the fulfillment of the promises of God today. And the word of the Lord is, there are some conditions that release those promises. How many people want your sins forgiven? You want to be cleansed from unrighteousness? You just want to be in this place where you feel clean before God? Not a true question. I do. No one? Okay. Um, the Bible says in 1 John 1 verse 9, if, the power of if, if you confess your sins. That's it. That's your part. He is faithful. He is just. See how the shift goes from us to God so quickly in the word. He will cleanse you from all your sins and all your Unrighteousness. Oh, God, I want that. Great. Well, there's a condition. You need to confess. Take responsibility. It, I did it. It wasn't them. They didn't make me angry. I got angry. They didn't make me lash out. I lashed out. There might be circumstances that others would justify. They caused it. But no, I did what I did, God. I take responsibility. We can't be free if we don't take responsibility. 
How many people want God to heal and save this nation of New Zealand? And come on, if you believe what I'm saying, I want you to participate with me today. How many do people want, you, you want God to touch the nation of New Zealand and the nations of the world? Do we want God to heal our land? Come on, God of nations, we want you. God defend New Zealand. Well, 2 Corinthians seven fourteen. if, if my people, if my people, not, not, not those that are, I'm talking to my people right now. I'm giving, you a condi- I'm giving you a promise. I'm giving you a condition. The promise of your sins forgiven and being cleansed is if you confess. Right now, that, that, let me go to the end of the, the verse, of verse 14. Uh, I will hear from heaven, says God. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. And I go, God, I want that promise in New Zealand and Australia and the nations of the world. Don't we want God to heal our land? We want God to forgive our sins and to save and transform. He goes, well, I want to do it. But here's the condition of my people who are called by my name, not their name. Come on. Their identity is in me, not in them. By my name will humble themselves. Has anyone heard the statement, God helps those who help them helps themselves? I was walking some time back and God brought that statement to my mind. He said, it's completely and utterly false. He said, it is not God helps those who help themselves because that starting point is I can do this is God helps those who humble themselves. I can't do this. I need God. God goes, great, I can work with that. As long as you think you can do it, I can't help. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and complain about the state of the nation and the politicians that God in. No, if my people who humble themselves and actually pray and seek my face, not their desires, not their will, not their wants, not what they, no, if my people will humble themselves, will pray, will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. Here's the promise, but there's the condition, the power of if. I'll tell you where God was speaking this to me from when he first started speaking. Thanks, bro. It was in John 15. And it's such a great passage, isn't it, John 15? It's a beautiful passage. It's a life-giving passage. But can I step you through it, just how God stepped me through it? Is that okay? And as I st- I've read that many, many times. I can quote a lot of it. But as I was just reading through it, I wasn't looking for anything. I was just enjoying the Word. And the great standard, just enjoying the Word. Don't always go to God just to get something. Enjoy Him. If every time I was with Sally, I'm asking her to do something for me, my marriage ain't going to be as good as it is right now after 25 years of marriage. I enjoy being with my wife. I love being with my wife just to be with her. God wants us to enjoy being with Him, enjoy being in His Word. There's something good. And so I was just enjoying being in His Word, and I was just reading through it. And as I read through it, something I've read through so many times, Greg, between John 15, 5 and John 15, 24, it has the word if 11 times. And it just leapt off, Sam. It just leapt into my spirit, and God says, I'm, 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 and this is where he started to download this. I have never shared this anywhere else. It's for us here this morning. I'm sure it will go to other places, but God is birthing it here. Because God, 
Greg, Danny, God wants us to receive his promises. Church, God wants you to receive his promises. But he doesn't want you to miss out on the promise that he actually knows is best for you because you are waiting to receive a promise that if he gave, you would not receive a deeper promise and a deeper blessing, like I said before. So let's let's just read the word and let me just, I'm just going to take a little bit of time and download what Father gave me. We're going to start at verse 5. And it really is a joy and privilege to be with you guys. I just love, love the rock. I love you guys. Love Greg and Danny. Love the leaders. Love your pursuit of God. And, and I'm privileged and honored to come back so regularly. In verse 5, John 15, Jesus speaking, I am the vine, you are the branches. Never forget the order, the flow. It does. We're not the vine, he's the branch. We add God to our life, we connect God to our life. If, if, if that's your starting point, no wonder we're stuck. I'm the vine, I'm the main thing, I'm it. I was here before you, the branch grows from me. You don't have a branch and, oh, look, a branch. And then you're holding a branch and suddenly there's vine growth. No, no, it's, there's order. You might go, but, but I want to be the main thing. Well, how's that working for you? Uh, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Sometimes I say things just, they come out way more blunt than I'm thinking it. But I am the vine. Some of us don't respond unless it's blunt. You know who you are if, I'm the vine, you are the branches, says Jesus, if, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Condition promise. Apart from me, you can only do a few things, but not very well. No, apart from me, you can do nothing. Second time, if. You do not remain in me. You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. That's not really encouraging the second part. And you go, I don't like that. Well, then remain. I don't want to lose my job. Then rock up on time. I want to play on Saturday. Then show up to practice. I don't want to do that. It's not rocket science. <laughs> God, help me not to be naughty, please. Can you turn the naughtiness down on the mic, please, a little bit less and fall back? If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. The promise is much fruit. Come on. We all want it. We all want to be fruitful people, don't you? Can I tell you there's a big difference between being fruitful and being successful? Fruitfulness is a spiritual thing and success can be a natural thing. But Jesus, mate, he addressed it many times and one of them I've already quoted is, you can gain the whole world success. Lose your soul. What does it profit you? Mate, you might have it for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years on this earth, but eternity is a lot longer than 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. The promise is much fruit. The condition is if you remain in God and God remains in you. If you remain in God, 
and God remains in you. This fruit is not attached to a decision, I'm a Christian. It's the remaining in, and I don't want to preach Greg's life message over and over. You've heard it, but don't get complacent with it because it's truth. If you remain in me and I in you, one. The word remain is very rich in the Greek. Let me just read you what this word remain, because it doesn't say, it doesn't say if you stay calling yourself a Christian, you will bear much fruit. There's a lot of unfruitful Christians. There's a lot of successful Christians that are unfruitful Christians. And he says, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear fruit. The promise, much fruit, the condition, remain in me, I remain in you. Let me tell you what the word remain means in the Greek. To stay in a given place, a given state, a given relation, a given expectancy. To abide, to continue, to dwell, to endure, to be present. This is from the Greek, mate. To stand, to tarry, to not depart, to continue to be present, to be held, to be kept continually, to last, to remain as one, not to become another or different. Do you think that if you remain in me is a little bit more than I made a decision once and I'm still sleeping around every weekend and getting drunk and it's all good, but i got Jesus. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's not what it's talking about. The Bible says if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. I'm not here to tickle your ears or appease your lifestyle. I'm here to present the truth because the freedom that you desire is not connected to the life that you desire if it's different to the life and the truth that God promises. You want to bear much fruit. And not only eternal fruit, but fruit here and now, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You can't just will it up. You can't just do it. Come on. I, I can't love my wife as Christ loved the church outside of a deep connection, a remaining in Christ and Christ in me. So that's the, the first couple of ifs that I saw in there. Uh, much fruit. The condition is if we remain in God and God remains in us. Verse 7 and 8. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. <laughs> Verse 5 was if you remain in me and I remain in you. Now Jesus says if I remain in you and my words. Sorry, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. It's one thing to have God in you. It's another thing to have his words. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you will bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. That is just rich, 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 rich. Let me tell you the promise. Answered prayers. Ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Answered prayers. Come on, that's a great promise. You know that God gets glory by answer press? You know that God gets glory by press? He's the one that supernaturally does it. But he is looking to answer people's prayers. But there is a condition. If you remain in me and my word, God's word remains in you. Why is this important? We are called to remain in God. Verse 5, if you remain in me if, and I remain in you. 
if you remain in me and my words remain in you, it's remaining in God himself and in God's word because God has no desire or obligation to answer prayers that are not based in his will and in his word. I want the answer to prayer. I want you to change that person. I want you to shift that person out. I want you to give me three pay rises and, and I want you to give me chocolate ice cream. I, I don't know what your prayers are. But God is not bound, obligated to answer any prayer that is not birthed in Him and in His Word. And too many times we're asking for things that are outside of His will because we don't know His Word. There are conditions to God's promises. There are in life, we need to accept this. And I'm feeling a stirring in my spirit this morning. I'm looking at my own life and I'm saying, God, are there some promises that aren't being fulfilled? And I can tell you there are some. And do you know what this is stirring in me this today is I, I, I don't want I, I to just keep on pushing. I don't want to complain. I don't want to give up. I, I want to step back and say, God, is there a condition that I'm not seeing that will release this in my life? If I can go to the condition. Maybe God will release something. But I want to say this. It's so important, this scripture about God's word remaining in us so that prayers can be answered. It's, it's important because answered prayers, I want you to get this, are more about bringing the Father glory than about meeting my needs. Woo. Can I say it again? Answered prayers are more about bringing the Father glory than about meeting my needs. It says it. If you remain in me and my words remain in me, ask whatever you will, wish, and it will be done for you. This, the answer prayer, is to my Father's glory. That's why I will do it. To show myself faithful. To show myself strong. To show my character. To show my nature. That you will bear much fruit. Showing yourself to be my disciple. Answered prayer is an evidence of a disciple. There's a paradox because only God can do the miracle. But a true disciple knows God's will and God's word and is in him. And so can pray from the foundation of knowing him and his word. And God can answer the prayer. It's an evidence of discipleship and to prayer. And God gets the glory. Jesus healed all who were sick and oppressed. And God got the glory. It wasn't Jesus got the glory. God got the glory. Verse 9, 10 and 11. As the Father has loved me, Jesus speaking, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I've told you this. Well, everything I've just said, come on, can, can, we, can we lean in? I have told you this. Because some of us have confused performance 
with obedience. God, help me right now. We think, I, I, no, I remain in His love. His love comes first and then I obey. But the Word says, if I keep your commands, I will remain in your love. And just as Jesus kept the Father's commands and remained in His love, and I've told you this, I've told you that I even kept my Father's commands. I think if it's good enough for Him, it's good enough for me. But don't focus. Our problem is focusing on the condition I need to keep God's commands, not the promise I want to remain in His love. We focus on, I have to be at work at 9 o'clock, not that they give me a salary so I can live. Come on. I'm telling you this so that my joy, Jesus' joy, may be in you. That doesn't mean that you will have joy. It means that Jesus will have joy, get joy from you. Listen to what it says. That my joy, I'm telling you this, there's a connection between remaining in God's love and doing what God says. And he says, when you do that, Jesus says, I get joy from you. My joy will remain in you, and then your joy will also be complete. The second part is the joy that you have and I have. The first part is the joy that Jesus has. Jesus wants to get joy from my life and your life. And we go, how does that happen? If you keep my commands, my love will remain in you. Jesus says, I'll be smiling. And you'll be smiling too. The promise is remaining in God's love and having complete joy. How many people want that? The condition, if we keep God's commands. See, God loves everyone, but not everyone remains in God's love. God doesn't stop loving us. Notice the le- it does not say, listen, don't make the word say something it doesn't say. It does not say, if you keep my commands, I will still love you. Don't miss this, because that's what we interpret. See, God only loves me if I do. That's not what it says. It does not say, if we do God's commands, God will love us. If we don't, God is angry at us. That's not what the word says. This is not, God never stops loving. This is about me remaining in his love. And it's not because he rejects. It's when I disobey what he says, I feel unworthy. I feel guilty. So I step back. He doesn't kick me out. I step back. Have you ever done that? Have you ever felt unworthy so you step back from God's love because you how could God even like me and love me? And we go down the pity party thing and we start to go in and everything falls apart in our world and we are not in we do not feel like we're in his love, not because he stopped loving us, but because through our lifestyle and our choices we have allowed ourselves to step back. And God is saying, I want to give you a promise. I want you to remain in my love. I want you to have my complete joy and your joy to be complete. And I go, yes, thank you, Father. He goes, well, then you need to keep my commands, not to make you good, but to keep you remaining in my love. God doesn't 
want us to just experience moments of his love. He wants us to remain in his love. I've experienced moments. He goes, that's not, again, it doesn't say if you keep my commandments, you will have moments where you feel my love. He says, no, you will remain. Do you think that God wants to give us a bit more than the lettuce leaves on the banqueting table? Come on. I want to have a moment where I feel God's love. No, you don't. I want to remain in God's love. When the storm is raging, I want to be able to lie down and sleep in peace because I'm remaining in his love. When I'm waiting for the doctor's report, I want a peace that passes, surpasses my understanding that guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus by remaining in his love. Verse 12, we're we doing okay? Verse 12, 13, 14, my command is this. Some of us really struggle with that word, command, command, whatever. We struggle. And I might have said it here before, but I, 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 I'm, I believe with all my heart in this modern Christianity, we want the word suggestions. We do. Yet again, at school, I'll be told what to do. Even if I don't like it, I'll be told. At work, I'll be told what to do. In the army, we're to be told. You don't, you just, we just accept it. But with God, don't tell me what to do. Make a suggestion. If I like it, I'll do it. If it's convenient, I'll do it. Jesus did not say, would you like to get in the ground roots of what I'm doing? You can have a leadership position, Peter, James, and John. Would you like to get in early? Would you like to get get a jump on the rest of them? Come on. You guys can be the wise instrument. Mate, they'll talk about you in 2,000 years' time. Would you like? No. Follow me. Follow me. God is not a God of suggestions. He's a God of commands. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. <laughs> that right there could preach for a couple of days. Not love each other as you feel they deserve. Not love each other as you were loved. Love each other as I loved you. That's why he said repeatedly, this is a new command. Old Testament was love your neighbor as you love yourself. New command is love each other as I loved you. Different. Different. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Come on, tell me if you want this promise. You are my friends, Jesus. You are my friends. If you do what I command. What, we're back to that again? So it's all based on my performance? No, don't kick back against obedience because we confuse it with performance. Promise, being God's friend, conditioned if we do what God says. We've been told we'll have much fruit if we remain in him and he remains in us. We've been told that God will answer our prayers if we remain in God's word and God remains in us. We've been told that we will remain in his love and have complete joy if we keep his commands and we're told that we'll be God's friends if we do what God says. The, the word of the Lord to us today is very simple. 
God has many promises. But there are conditions, like there are in every sphere of life, that if we do them, it releases God's promise from his eternal realm into our temporal, natural realm. Is that good news? You might say, but this is so hard. This is so hard. Let me finish on a few more verses because it appears a few more times, but it's, it, there's a shift. There's a shift in what the if actually means. But I want you to get what God said to me. Will you, will you go with me just for a few more minutes? Verse 18 to 21, if the world hates you, now we're getting good. If the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. This is powerful if you get what God wants you to hear. If you belong to the world, (laughs) it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I, Jesus, I've chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. We are not greater than Jesus. We will not have it different to Jesus. We will not have it an easy road when he had a difficult road. Need to hear the word of the Lord. If they persecuted you, um, sorry, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they obeyed my teaching, they will also obey your teaching. They will cheat you this way because of my name, because of me, for they do not know the one who sent me. This is a different if. This is not the promise, and, and this is our condition, but let me just download the four ifs in there and tell you the bottom line, and I just pray we receive it, because how many times when things go wrong do we go into ourselves and how we feel and how we do don't deserve it and how they should be treating us better and we step back from God because this is not right it is unfair it is unjust to me but listen to what God highlighted the promise the world will hate you that's not it doesn't sound like a very good promise but listen the condition is the world hated Jesus first the promise is the world will love you but the condition is if you actually belong to the world The promise is the world will persecute you. The condition is the world persecuted Jesus first. The promise is the world will obey your teaching, but the condition is only if the world obeys Jesus' teaching. What is this saying? This is what it's saying. It is always about Jesus first, not about us. I'm not going through anything that he hasn't already gone through. He was acquainted with suffering. He was familiar with grief. He was stricken by men. He was abused. He, was, he, he went all through these things. He goes, I know and I understand. I've been there first. And is this God that wants to walk with me? Is this God that wants to give me a peace that passes understanding? It's a different use of if. But it's in there in the last last few verses, and then I just want to share a statement there. Maybe, Steph, you can head back up with me as we close this. Verse 22, Jesus speaking, If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now, let me explain this. Just stay with me. If I had not, If Jesus had not come and spoken, they wouldn't be guilty of sin. 
But now they have no excuse for this. And why? Because I've spoken. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. I love how Jesus constantly is reinforcing this is not just about you and how you feel. This is about me and my father. And it says, if I had not done among them the works that no one else did. What's that? This is that greater demonstration of the Spirit's power leaders that I talked to you about yesterday. He, first thing is, if I had not spoken, they wouldn't be guilty. But if I had not done the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the things that no one else was doing, they would also not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my Father. And this is the promise. Sin will be revealed. And don't think sin will be revealed as in a condemnation judgment. How many people know that Father reveals sin to take people into freedom? People reveal things to expose and humiliate. Come on. But God the Father has never exposed for the purpose of humiliation. In fact, when Adam and Eve even did the wrong thing, he came and covered them. He reveals to bring freedom. We expose to bring shame. I need you to hear the word of the Lord. Sin will be revealed. That is a good thing, my friends. That is a good thing. In your life, when it is revealed, it is so that we can move forward. And when the sins of the world are revealed, it's so that they can move forward with God. The promise is sin will be revealed. That is a good thing. The condition is if the truth is declared. Not if my opinion is declared, and I want to talk about interpretation tonight, I ask you to come. But I want to encourage you, if the truth is declared, that is the condition for the promise of truth to be revealed. For sin to be revealed. The second promise is sin will be revealed if the power of God is demonstrated. That's the condition. That's the condition. Jesus healed people Jesus cast out demons. Jesus brought freedom to people. And come on, when he even moved in the demonstration of the Spirit's power, the Samaritan woman at the well, when he gave a word of knowledge, you're right, you aren't married, but you've been married five times, and now you're living with someone else. Sin was revealed. Her response to truth spoken and a demonstration of a word of knowledge was that she went to the town and says, you've got to come and see this man where the truth is there and the power of God is there. And the whole town came out and heard, and many turned to Jesus Christ. Christ, the Gerasian, come on, he got touched and people got saved. Oh, Paul and Silas got supernaturally free from prison and the ones who was guarding him and his whole household got saved and water baptized. People will come into a living relationship with Jesus Christ when truth is revealed and truth is demonstrated. And the word of the Lord to you at the Rock Church is it's time to add not realign, but add, you're a church who is leaning into a greater revelation of the Spirit's wisdom and truth. And I say, praise God. The Father wants to add a parallel lane at this time, which is greatly needed. And now is the time to eagerly pursue a greater demonstration of the Spirit's power. A greater revelation of the truth is essential. Jesus did it. But he also said, I did the works that no one else was doing. And it testified to my all-powerful Father in heaven. The one who could speak a word and create the heavens and the earth is still the one that can speak a word and set the captives free and heal the blind eyes and heal the deaf ears. And you need to be a people and I need to be a people. We need to be a people who declare the written and the spoken truth. But we need to bring a demonstration of the Spirit's power. 
the promises I want to bring this nation. I want to bring people back to myself, but there are conditions, church. If my people who are called by my name, humble yourselves and pray. Turn from the wicked way, seek my face. Declare my truth, but demonstrate it. Don't lose that last part. It's time for a demonstration. The eyes of the Lord are roaming throughout the earth, looking for people through whom he can show himself strong. Doing great exploits, it says in the King James. I'm calling you, church, to join me, to actually know the promises of God and then come into alignment with the conditions that release it into our reality. And in your waiting for the promise to be fulfilled that you are asking for, ask, Father, if there are any other promises that He wants to fulfill in you while you're waiting that are actually at a deeper level than the promise that you're requesting. Did that make sense? While I'm waiting for this healing, while I'm waiting for this restoration of relationship, I'm not going to give up praying and declaring it. I'm going to stay in faith. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. We are those who will not grow weary and give up. We will keep on declaring the promises of God that we are waiting for that healing and that salvation and that restoration. But while I am waiting, I am not going to be single focused just on that. God, what are the other promises? Is there a peace in the storm? Is there a rest in in this storm? Is there a joy that passes, that goes beyond my understanding and is it found in Jesus Christ? Is there something, is there another promise that you want to release while I'm waiting for the promise that I desire? And if there is, what is the condition that will release it? Let me pray. Every eye closed right now. Every eye closed. Some people in this room, I don't know everyone. Maybe you want your sins forgiven. Maybe you want a peace and a joy. And maybe you've never ever made a decision and accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the greatest promise, eternal life, which is in Him. It's not just from Him, it's in Him. And the Bible says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and you confess it with your mouth, because that's where the creative power is, then you will be saved. doesn't mean that everything in your life will be fixed. It means that you get to walk with God Almighty through the challenges, rather than walk through it without Him. You'll get to know Him. You'll get to know that He is so wonderful and special and good. So while every eye is closed, nobody moving, just in this moment, if you are in this room and you go, I don't know what it is to have my sins forgiven and to walk with the God who is love and I have not accepted Jesus or maybe I did many, many years ago and I'm not walking. and I want to say yes to walking with God and I'm talking to those that aren't right now. If you want me just to agree with you in prayer and help you to step into this promise of eternal life through the condition of repentance. Then I wonder why every eye is closed, no one moving. If if there is anyone here, would you lift up your hand really high so I can just see who you are? I just want to pray for you because this is the most important thing. Anyone, just lift it up high and 
you're sitting there and you know it's you and your heart's just racing a bit, I want to tell you is God's drawing you and it's an enemy that says, no, 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 you don't need that. That's, 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 that's legalism, that's law. No, it's life. It's freedom. But just a few minutes longer, just anyone and anyone. And if, and if you put up your hand, can you put up real, real high so I can see it? Rochelle, if you, if you can see anyone, let me know. Wonderful. Thank you, Father. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? You know, the Bible says all of heaven celebrates when one. You know, Jesus said, I leave the 99 to go looking for the one because you are precious. If you're sitting in this place right now and you don't have the promise of eternal life through the doorway, the condition of repentance, which is really about humbling yourself, saying, I, I, I didn't create me and I can't do this. God created you. But he created you for a friendship with him. So just the last time, if there's anyone else, lift up your hand really, really high. Join with one precious person who's already done that. Praise you, Father. Amen. I'm just going to pray. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, God will come in this moment and He will just, He's going to do something wonderful and special. I wonder if. All of us as a church will pray this. And the person, I wonder if you pray this too. And afterwards, I'm going to encourage you to maybe just, if you want to, at the end of the meeting, come up and just connect with one of the leaders up here so that we can just encourage you, and get you started on that, but on the journey with God. But I wonder if you'd all pray this. And wonderful person, put up your hand, pray this in your heart and something supernatural will happen in your life. Come on, church, pray this. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are love. And I thank you that you created me to be loved, to live in your love, to remain in your love. I acknowledge that I've done some things wrong. And I've lived life my own way. Today, I acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. I confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to cleanse me. Father, help me to walk with you all the days of my life. I receive your peace. I receive your joy. I receive your life. Father, I thank you for every person in this room right now. I thank you for that precious person who raised their hand. And I'm, I'm asking that something wonderful will happen this week in their life. I thank you for the start of this journey for the Rock Church. I want to thank you that they're on a journey, a wonderful journey that is centered in you, focused on you. Thank you that you're deepening love, you're deepening life. And I thank you for the prophetic word this morning. 
that is that it's time to add this greater demonstration of the Spirit's power. Thank you, Father, that Greg stepped out in that, and we had that time where we pray for people. Father, I want to thank you for that because it's not about a nice meeting and just having some nice songs and a nice little message and going home. Lord, it is about us encountering you, you encountering us, about me praying for someone, about someone praying for me, about me encouraging someone, someone encouraging me, about me strengthening someone, someone strengthening me, about me building others up and others building me up. God, that we walk together towards you, that, Lord, that your life is expressed in us and through us. This is to my Father's glory. God, we just say right now in this place, let our whole lives be for your glory. And Lord, as we lean into the promises that are already, yes, in Christ, established, set, firm, existing in Christ, may they be manifest and come into our reality as we obey the if, as we fulfill the condition, as we add the amen, let it be with our lips and our lives for the glory of God and for the blessing of people. And everybody said amen.